and I'm going to read a little bit of this and give you a bit of a refresher um, of what hopefully Pastor Peter um, kind of brought to you when he introduced this. Uh, I know Pastor Evan taught last, not last week, a couple weeks ago maybe on, on another gift. But I'm going to start reading 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 8. Um, verse 4 says, Now they are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. So, Again, I'm going to mention both gifts, but primarily my focus will be on utterances of wisdom. Um, what's unique about these two gifts um, is, did you know that there is no other place in the entire Bible where those two gifts are named like they are right there? You will not find in any other passage of scripture the phrase utterance of wisdom. You might have a translation that says word of wisdom or message of wisdom, but listed as a spiritual gift specified in this way, this is the only verse in the entire of scripture that we find these two specific gifts. Now we find mention of wisdom, of course, mention of knowledge, but, but as they're stated here in a list, uh, being pointed to as there's a gift called utterance of wisdom and a gift called utterance of knowledge. That's this is the only. That's it. That that's the only place in Scripture that we we um, find them. So that is really unique, right? I mean, that's just really interesting. And what makes things even more interesting is if you read um, all of chapter 12 and chapter 13 and chapter 14, um, Paul doesn't even define them for us. So Paul doesn't give us like, okay, the utterance of wisdom is this. The utterance of knowledge is this. Or, hey, when you guys see this happen in church on Sunday, that's an example of utterance of wisdom. We don't get that. That They're listed, that they're shown, but, but we don't have a whole lot of detail. So uh, I really enjoyed studying for this because um, I had a lot of questions answered for myself. Um, but, uh, you know, if we want to be faithful to Scripture, if we want to learn about God, if we, if we want to, you know, this study, the gifts of the Spirit, if we want to increase in our knowledge by, by our faith being equipped by learning about this, it just presents some challenges. Um, and so, again, those challenges are, one, we're given names of what these gifts are, but no descriptions attached to those names and two, another challenge as you read um, this chapter, but particularly these two gifts, are that um, they're, they're hard to understand. So utterance of wisdom. I mean, j just say that. What, is that. what does that even mean? Um, Paul doesn't tell us what they do or how to do them. And, you know, it's not like other, it's not like these are the only two gifts that, um, show up with without a how-to manual. Uh, for example, Paul doesn't tell us how the gift of healing works, for example. 
You know, as you, as you read the Bible, James chapter 5 would be the closest thing to, to what, what it looks like for the gift of healing to, to be happening. But, you know, we're not told, okay, you rub your hands three times, you blow on them, and then you put your hands on people. We're, we're, we're not told, but, but we can make sense of the gift of healing, right? I mean, it's pretty simple, right? Someone is sick, you come to them, you pray over them, and that person is no longer sick. Right? I mean, that's, that's pretty, now it's miraculous, it's incredible, I'm not minimizing it, but in terms of understanding it, the, the gift of healing is pretty self-explanatory. You were sick, you're not. You had an illness, you don't anymore, right? It, that, that makes sense to us. Um, not so much with the gift of utterance of wisdom. That just even sounds complicated. Um, and there's, you know, the, the issue of understanding what it actually is. So in verse 28 of chapter 12, you know, Paul says that God has appointed teachers. So not only is it difficult because there's no instruction manual attached to it, but the conceptual understanding of it is hard. Um, Paul appoints teacher, God appoints teachers, and we all understand the gift of teaching, right? We, we, we all get what teaching, when teaching is happening, we, we, we get it. We all went to school, we, we've all sat in Sunday school, Sunday school class, we, we get that a t there's a teacher involved and that person is transmitting information for the benefit of, of the other. Um, um, so that one's kind of simple to understand, but, but even some of the more unusual gifts are, 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 we immediately understand them. So verse 10 in your Bible in chapter 12, there's one gift lift, uh, listed there, the ability to distinguish spirits, right? Just reading that gift, however, just reading that phrase, the ability to distinguish spirits, you can understand what the gift entails. You, 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 you can understand what, what, what Paul is meaning to imply. Uh, you might not know how it works. You might not know it in an entirety, but just by reading that the gift is the ability to distinguish spirits, you can get the sense that apparently somebody um, has the ability to distinguish spiritual beings and to categorize them. That, that's what the gift is, the ability to distinguish spirits, right? So w without even exploring that gift too much, the, the, there's an immediacy to understanding what Paul is describing. That's not necessarily the case with uttering wisdom and uttering knowledge. And as we go more on this, you'll kind of see why. You might be um, inclined to say, well, the utterance of knowledge is sharing a word or sharing a message that God gave you that included information that, that could only have come from God. So you're sitting, maybe you're reading, maybe, and then you, 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 information floods your mind that wasn't there before, that you clearly know it's from God, and, and that information has a destiny point on someone else. Like you have to give that information over to someone, um, it's not information that you worked up to, it just, it kind of came to you. And, and you know, we see that happen on time to time on our Sunday morning gatherings, um, where um, uh, Chris Spencer, for example, um, the Lord has gifted Chris with, with uh, these pictures, where, where Chris in prayer, uh, I'm just, the Lord floods his mind with a thought, an idea, a picture. Uh, a message that didn't come from him, didn't originate in Chris's mind. It came from God, and and it had its its point to be given to the congregation. Um, so you might be inclined to say, well, that's an utterance of wisdom. That's an utterance of knowledge. 
uh, we typically call those things practices. Um, we call them prophetic words. Um, and um, we, we, we might also be persuaded to think that, that prophecy and utterance of wisdom and utterance of knowledge are, are kind of the same thing or maybe in, interchangeable. But here's where things get interesting and fun and complicated all at once. Um, here's why I don't think that's the case. Because I think that the Bible tells us that that's not necessarily the case. Look at verse 10 in your Bible. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. There's one gift that's listed there that has a very specific name. And that is to another, it's right in, in the middle of verse 10, prophecy. So, if I were to ask you, what is the difference between the gift of prophecy and the gift of the utterance of wisdom and knowledge? But before you answer that, think about this. that Paul includes all three of these gifts in the same list, right? So, Paul is listing different gifts, and what is he trying to communicate? If, if he would have tried to communicate the same thing, he would have communicated one gift. He would have used one word to describe the same activity. But he doesn't. He uses three different phrases or words. To one, he gave the gift of prophecy. To another, he gave the gift of wisdom. And yet to another, he gave the gift of utterance of knowledge. And if, as you read chapter 12, much of the point is that God gives all his people spiritual gifts. God gives everyone different spiritual gifts. He gifts everyone differently. Every individual is uniquely gifted. That's not to say that the gift doesn't repeat itself, that there's only one person with the gift of, of healing or one person with this gift, but the point that Paul is trying to, to, to make is that uh, the, the way that he makes the point is he differentiates. He, this guy has that gift. This guy has that gift. That girl has that gift. That girl has that gift. To, to make the point that we are different members of the body of Christ, Paul distinguishes between people and gifts. So it would not make sense for Paul to be talking about the same. If he wanted to differentiate gifts, it would not make sense for Paul to use the same gift in different people. It would not make sense for Paul to say, he gave that guy the gift of prophecy and that guy the gift of utterance of wisdom. If the gift was the same thing, Paul is not communicating what he wants to communicate. Am, am, I, am I making myself clear? So he has to separate, the gifts have to be different things for Paul to make sense, is, is what I'm trying to say. If that is true, then what then is the gift of knowledge? What then is the gift of wisdom? So to elevate the beauty of God's sovereign purpose of spiritual diversity among his people, Paul ascribes different gifts to different people. At the end, I'll tell you why. But that, that is why I think I'd, I would love to make that argument that the gift of prophecy is different than the gift of, knowledge, of utterance of knowledge and the gift of utterance of wisdom. These are three different things. And so they must be looked at different. But to make things even more interesting, notice how, how those two are separated as well. So the gift of utterance of wisdom and the gift of utterance of knowledge are not two different ways of saying the same thing. 
that's another distinction. So now you have utterance of wisdom is one thing, utterance of knowledge is another thing, and prophecy is, is another thing. Oh my goodness, this is just getting complicated. Um, I was tempted to ask Evan to come teach because um, he makes the complicated things easy. Um, but what, what do we learn from all this? Like what, what, what bottom line, how can we look at this passage and come to an understanding of, of what this gift is again i'll talk primarily about the the utterance of, of wisdom but i'll reference utterance of knowledge because they're they're relatable there's an overlap um and i'm getting ahead of myself so i'll stop there but if you look at your bible at verse eight for to one is given through the spirit the utterance of wisdom and to another the utterance of knowledge some of your translations, again, might, might, might phrase it the message of wisdom or the message of knowledge. You might have a translation that says the word of wisdom or word of knowledge. What do you notice about those two phrases? They're different in the blank of blank. That second blank is different. But the first blank, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, the message of knowledge, the message of wisdom, the utterance of knowledge, the utterance of wisdom. Doesn't matter which translation you pick, there's a similarity there. And so that's the first key to unlocking what this gift is. All those are faithful translations. And whether you translate it as uttering or message or word, the point is that this gift something is being communicated. There is information that's being exchanged specifically between two people. So God, we understand, of course, is the source of this gift, of these gifts, of all gifts, but, but the interaction that makes these gifts unique is that something is being said from one person to another. There is an utterance, there is a message, there's content that's being delivered from person A to person B. So a, a helpful way is you can categorize both of those gifts, among others, as gifts of speech or speaking gifts. So utterance is a $10 word that just means speaking or saying or, or just putting words together. So you can categorize the utterances of wisdom as as speeches of wisdom or words of wisdom or sayings of wisdom so again the gift implies speech not so much doing something like the gift of healing the gift of healing would be doing something um, the gift of mercy would be doing something the gift of administration would be doing something there's physical action involved the gift of utterance of wisdom is is about a message is about tra transferring information from one person to um, the other. And what's unique about these gifts is not necessarily, how do I say this? What, what makes these gifts special and supernatural is not the delivery method, but what is being delivered. It's not the fact that you're speaking to someone but what you're saying to the person. That is what is miraculous. Not that what you're saying is wise in a sense, but what that wisdom does when it gets to the other person. 
That's what's so incredibly important to understand about um, these gifts. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11, the apostle gives us a really helpful breakdown. I, I put another sheet in your in, in, in your tables. Uh, it's the one with the really ugly that came out really ugly because I did it. Um, if Belinda or Georgina would have done it, it would have been beautiful. But I did it. That's a pastor doing admin work for you. Um, and th th there's a table there. It looks like this. Um, there's a table there on the top that says New Testament lists of spiritual gifts. So these five passages are the five passages in the New Testament that list, that provide a list on spiritual gifts. Uh, Peter um, certainly covered this, I hope. Maybe Evan did. Uh, I'm bringing it up because I, I want you to read it from the right to the left. This helped me. So if you look at the 1 Peter 4, 11 list, Peter gives them, um, basically places them in two categories. That all the spiritual gifts, if you boil them down, there's two main differences to them. Some of the spiritual gifts involve speaking. Others involve service. Ephesians 4, uh, here are other gifts of the church, people who officiate these gifts or people who, and by the way, these aren't comprehensive lists. These aren't the only uh, gifts that are available to us or the only, it doesn't mean that only apostles can do these gifts or only prophets can do these gifts. But as you keep going to the left, you see an increasing number. But then here is where you begin to see how some of these things overlap. And so starting from 1 Peter 4, speaking and service, if you put those two categories in your head, and then you look at 1 Corinthians 12, the passage we're looking at right now, you could categorize each of those gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 under either a speaking gift or a service gift. That was really helpful for me. It's like, okay, so utterance of wisdom and utterance of knowledge are a speaking gift. Some of these other gifts are a service gift. Um, the gift of healing is, is a service gift. You're, you're serving. The working of miracles is a service gift. Um, so that's helpful because that can help us understand really what it is that, are, that um, is happening. So while we can't necessarily define these two gifts from verse 8 alone, don't forget that you have the entire Bible to help you. Um, so inside this lesson on the spiritual gifts is a lesson on how to interpret the Bible. So whenever you have a passage of scripture that you're unclear on, what does that mean? I don't know. You don't close your Bible and you walk away. You ask your Bible to tell you what it means by finding out what it has said about these things in other places. Now, utterance of wisdom as a phrase only occurs there, but could it be that there have been instances where wisdom has been uttered in other parts of the Bible? And the answer is yes. So I'll give you two, uh, two places. Daniel chapter 1, verse 17. I'll give you an Old Testament example and a New Testament example. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 17, we read, As for these four youths, uh, talking about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the four Hebrew youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. And it's interesting, if you read chapter 1, the other people that were involved, the other smart youth that are described there, are also described as being wise. But these guys, their wisdom came from God. 
God gives them wisdom. So it, it, it is God producing in them something. And then verse 20 says, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his uh, kingdom. If you're familiar with Daniel's story, if you're familiar with King Nebuchadnezzar and his story, he was surrounded by smart people. He was surrounded by wise people. But what separated Daniel and the, four, uh, the, the other three youth from everyone else is that their wisdom came from God. That their wisdom superseded the limitations of human wisdom because theirs was a gift from God. It's not that they were smarter than the magicians. They were wiser as a result of God's gift of wisdom in their lives. And if, if you... If you consider what their wisdom achieved, here is where we begin to understand what the point of the gift of utterance of wisdom is. What did the gift of utterance of wisdom in Daniel's life do? Did it just help out the king when he was in trouble? I mean, I guess it did that. But if you know your Bible, what did Nebuchadnezzar wind up doing? Did he wind up cursing Daniel's God? The complete opposite. What does he wind up doing? He writes one of the most incredible statements about God. This is Nebuchadnezzar, probably the most powerful person in the planet at that time, and writes this incredible, oh God, you are the true. So as a result of the wisdom of Daniel in the life of Nebuchadnezzar, God humbles Nebuchadnezzar, but, but in, 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 as a product of that wisdom, we have this, this beautiful praising of God from this king. A New Testament example of this would be Acts chapter 6, verse 3, where it says, Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom whom we will appoint to this duty. This is the very beginnings of the New Testament church. Christ has ascended into heaven. The, the apostles have replaced Judas with Matthias. And at this point in the early church, the church is growing out of control. It's an incredible thing that's happening, but it's creating some issues. Um, where, where some people aren't being uh, served and, and the, the people come to the, the, the 12 and they're like, guys, we, you know, some widows aren't being taken care of. They're, they're, these needs aren't being met. And so the apostles say, all right, pick seven men among you. Right? This is the, the origin of what, what we know as a diaconite, the deacons, seven godly men who will help us. So we elders, we pastors need help. And these men are characterized by um, being full of the spirit, and of wisdom. One of those guys, if you continue reading Acts chapter 6, is a guy by the name of Stephen. Listen to how Stephen is described. He's described as being full of grace and power, doing great wonders and signs, and this is my favorite description, when he preached, when he shared messages, and people got up and wanted to get in his face and contest him, the Bible says they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit which he was speaking with. So it, it wasn't just that Stephen was really eloquent. It wasn't that he was just a really good teacher. That there was something behind that 
wisdom that was weighty on those guys who didn't like what he said, but they couldn't do anything about it because it was divine wisdom. So utterances of wisdom seems to be a spirit-empowered ability to speak messages into situations of life that bring about immediate clarity, fruit, and an unveiling of the mysteries of Christ to specific situations of life that a specific believer is experiencing. So what do I mean by that? What do I mean by speaking into uh, unveiling the mysteries of Christ? Paul describes um, the gospel, the, the faith as the mysteries of Christ. And so the utterances of wisdom w w would be moments where where someone speaks something to us where, where part of the mystery of Christ becomes something we understand. And not just intellectually, but, but it connects with something incredibly specific about, about life, that that life event that we're experiencing as a result of that utterance of wisdom you know, page 752, paragraph 3 of the Mysteries of Christ, boom, it, it's unveiled. Like, we get it now. It's like, oh. So a, a person that's experiencing suffering, a very specific, unique suffering, an utterance of wisdom speaks into that suffering. A mystery of Christ is revealed. What do I mean by a mystery of Christ? The question what does this have to do with my, my life? Is God really hearing me? Is Christ really in this? How, how does my relationship of, with God affect some of this? Those questions are answered through the message. I got one more page and then I'm done. Um, this happens frequently in counseling, by the way. Um, when we see people in counseling, um, I, I will have different people come to my office, Pastor Peter, Pastor Keith, and and people will, will, will you know, d discipleship is the, the, the process of Christian life where you want to learn and grow. Um, it, discipleship is when you say, teach me. Counseling is when you say, help me. Um, th th there's, there's an inner struggle. Something has popped up in life that makes life complicated and hard and, and difficult. And in those settings, the Lord in his kindness will, will take a passage of scripture that I have read dozens of times, and in those sessions, in those encounters, a truth about that passage of scripture will speak specifically into an aspect that that person is experiencing specifically, that would be an example of utterance of wisdom. I didn't prepare that. I didn't walk into that counseling session going, okay, you know, Miss Anna's going to come in and she's going to, you know, we're, we're going to, she's stressing. She suffers with stress. No, she doesn't, but she suffers with stress. So I, I'm going to prepare a counseling session on stress. No. What will typically happen is something in scripture will be shared with Miss Anna and wisdom will come from that that will affect her specific in, uh, 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 specific experience uh, in such a way where we both know that didn't come from me um, but it's but it, it served her and so um, 
couple more things to remember that, that the, the gift of utterance of wisdom, really all the gifts, that this is key, ladies. If, if you remember one thing you hear from me is that these gifts are not meant primarily for you. They're not meant for personal use. These gifts, look at what verse, um, look at what verse 7 says. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for what? The common good. These gifts are meant for others. So, utterances of wisdom is not something that you delight in because you have. Utterance, utterance of wisdom is something you delight in because you can give. All these gifts function that way. They're not meant to be kept private. That's not how they were designed. I would argue you can't keep them private because if you could, then you wouldn't have the gift. These gifts, that's the beauty of this. God equips his people to help each other. And so it's more than just being good at making wise decisions. It's speaking light into a brother or sister's darkened mind. The purpose of this gift is to share specific wisdom about Christ and his teachings to a believer needing that wisdom for a specific moment in their life. Uh, I'll finish with a couple thoughts and then you guys, you ladies have some questions in front of you. A good way to look at these two gifts is that they, they operate on a spectrum. So they're not black and white. Like the gift of healing is black and white. Like you know when someone's been healed, right? Um, and you can describe it in, in black and white. Gift of utterance of wisdom, utterance of knowledge, um, they operate on a spectrum. They, 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 there's an overlap with other gifts. So part of the utterance of wisdom and knowledge include elements of teaching. They include elements of prophecy. They include elements of revelation. So earlier I said that, that these are not revelation but they include elements of revelation. So they, they, they operate in a spectrum. And I know that because they're given in this list as part of a cohesive unit. So in Paul's mind, as he's writing in this, much of these gifts are, 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 are related. Um, the gift of tongues is related to the gift of prophecy which is related to the gift of revelation, which is related to the gift of utterance of wisdom. They're unique in their own sense, but there's overlap. Um, but at their core, at their core, utterances of wisdom and knowledge are essentially communicating God's truth with precise clarity. If a person shares her troubles and trials and is indecisive about how to navigate through some of her difficult moments, and, and here you come, let's say, you come and, 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 and with this gift, you're able to speak a word of wisdom or you're able to utter knowledge, asserting with precise clarity that Jesus is Lord, then that friend has that gift. So it's, it's more than giving good advice. It's speaking Christ's word into her life and having that message lead her into, or him, into where they should go. And that's what makes these gifts such a gift, pun fully intended. Um, so the, 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 before, before we're done, the last thing I would, I, I, I'd like to say is 
Do you see why it's so vitally important for your faith to be a part of a redeemed community? Paul, you know, I spent a good bit of time at the beginning talking about how, how Paul is distinguishing that this gift operates in with this person, that gift operates in that person, right? So implied in that is that some of you don't have this gift. And what's taught there is all of you need it. So how do you avail yourself of something you don't have? You go look for it. That's why it's so important to be a part of a church where there are sisters in this room right now who, who can speak words of wisdom that you need to hear. There are sisters in this room right now that, that have knowledge from the Lord that you need to experience that will only come about from an external source. You will not be able to produce this utterance of wisdom. I'm not saying you won't, but, but Paul has envisioned a, a, a body of, of Christ working collectively. I can lift some things with my fingers, but my fingers are not meant for lifting, right? That's what the arm is for, right? So I cut my finger yesterday, and um, it was amazing how cutting this little digit made my shoulder kind of useless, because now I have to pick stuff up kind of all weird and stuff, you know? That's what our spiritual life looks like when we're not surrounded by the other parts of the body of Christ. So, ladies, you need these gifts. You need that specific gift, um, you need to hear God's wisdom through another believer. Um, and so there's some questions on, on the table for you ladies um, to, to talk through. Let me pray for us. And then I'll give you back your afternoon. Father, we are grateful for um, how wise you are. Oh, Lord, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge father we when we assume our posture and know uh, who you are and who we are father things are clear and we're grateful father that you have not left us um, we're grateful lord that, that you have provided um, not just an instruction manual of how to do life but god you've you've provided other people to help us do life so father help us be humble um, help us search for um, these brothers and sisters with these gifts. Help us uh, reveal to us the gifts, the gifts we have that they need. And so, Father, just increase our love for your body. Increase our love for your church. Increase our love for each other, we pray. Now, guide us for the rest of the day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.